they find new and unique ways every day to play with the rules to see uh, how far the rules actually apply to them. And, you know, it just seems more and more, you know, that being a member of the LGBTQ plus community at UPS or, you know, kind of any workplace in general is just a source of antagonism. Hello, my name is Teddy Ostro. Welcome to The Upsurge, a podcast about UPS, the Teamsters, and the future of the American labor movement. The Upsurge is produced in partnership with In These Times and The Real News Network. Both are nonprofit media organizations that cover the labor movement closely. Check them out at InTheseTimes.com and TheRealNews.com, where you can also find an archive of all our past episodes. You are listening to an exclusive bonus episode of The Upsurge, exclusive to our Patreon supporters, as well as Teamsters who freely receive bonus content. These bonus episodes are more quickly made, getting out interviews and even some on-the-ground reporting to our patrons. If you appreciate the show, you've got some extra money to share, please head over to Patreon.com slash UpsurgePod if you haven't already. You can find the link in the description. A hundred monthly supporters is our goal, and we're getting close. This podcast takes a lot of work, so if you can spare even just a few bucks a month, it will make a world of difference. There's only nine free one-year subscriptions to In These Times left. You can claim it by becoming a patron of the show on Patreon. On to the show. For this episode, I interviewed Andrew Rivas. A UPS package car driver and political coordinator of Teamsters Local 533 in Reno, Nevada. He is also on the board of the Teamsters LGBTQ Plus Caucus, which was started just a few years ago. It's Pride Month, and I thought there's no better time to share the efforts that LGBTQ Plus Teamsters are engaging in to fight for liberation at UPS, other Teamsters employers, the union itself, and beyond. Right now, we're seeing an onslaught of truly horrific laws around the country being proposed or passed that are trying to take away the rights of trans and other queer folks. And there's a broader right-wing movement afoot to punish queer people, to harm them physically and mentally, to control their bodies. It's just really scary what's happening, and thankfully some unions are starting to pick up the mantle to fight back for their own members, but also for other LGBTQ plus members of the working class as a whole. We know that these laws, this broader attack, will impact working class people the most. Notwithstanding its own issues, the Teamsters is beginning to be one of those unions. So I invited Andrew on the show to talk about the caucus and what it's like to face and fight against discrimination in the workplace. We also talked specifically about what they're fighting for in the UPS contract negotiations. I'll throw some links in the description if you want to learn more. And heads up, we unfortunately had another sound issue this time around, but hopefully it's bearable. Andrew Rivas, welcome to The Upsurge. Hello. Let's start with you. Can you tell us about yourself? How did you end up at UPS? Um, how long you've been there? When did you get involved in the union? Those sorts of things. Uh, so I've been at UPS for 10 years. And kind of right from the start, you know, I, I got started. Uh, didn't understand what the union was, but signed up my first day. You know, was the best decision I ever made. And I didn't realize when I made it. Uh, 
how much that, I guess, did for me. Come to find out, you know, I'm actually a third generation Teamster. My grandfather was actually in the same union uh, after they came up from, uh, I believe it was Orange in California. He helped build Disneyland. I uh, drove, uh, you know, all the semi trucks, taking in uh, boulders and all that so they could build Tomorrowland. I don't know. I would say it's only been uh, recently that I've been getting more and more involved uh, with the union because it just, you know, especially in the last three years, uh, well, actually it's probably more with the last contract, um, understanding how horrible, uh, you know, things like 22-4 uh, were going to be for people. Yeah, thanks for digging into that. It's cool you're a third-generation Teamster and didn't even really, I feel like I hear that a lot. Um, you don't quite even understand why that's so important until you're there yourself. So it's Pride Month, and I'm really excited to hear about and share with listeners information on the Teamsters LGBTQ Plus Caucus. Um, can you tell us what that is, uh, what's its purpose, and how you're involved in it? Uh, so basically, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's a group that's centered around LGBTQ plus issues, specifically labor-related to Teamsters, their families. It's an organization made up of members. It's one of the few caucuses uh, that the Teamsters have that I'm aware of that will actually allow in outside members. So if you have friends, if you have family, uh, they can join as well. We're, you know, right now kind of pushing really hard to have a, a much larger national presence. You know, it's Pride Month. We just got done uh, doing a big event for LA Pride. By all accounts, you know, it, it went really well. Uh, it was a labor of love. Every little thing that could go wrong tried to go wrong. And, you know, there were uh, a number of us running around all of LA trying to, you know, make stuff happen. Um, I ended up getting involved with the caucus about, uh, I want to say it was a year and a half ago. There was another driver <clears throat> at the Reno building. He walked in and was talking to one of the managers. Uh, another manager from the sort walks in, basically walked in, used a slur in front of a whole room full of managers, whole room full of drivers, basically to the effect of, you know, let, let's go ahead and wrap things up and get these folks out of here, except he didn't say folks. And, you know, this driver is, you know, loud and proud out gay man. He's got, you know, no problem talking about it. And he was very upset. Like, as soon as it happened, the manager turned around, apologized, not because he said it or that he understood that it was wrong, but because he wouldn't have said it if he knew that driver was standing there. And so it, it, it went back and forth. The company denied nothing wrong had happened uh, at length. And he ended up filing a grievance, which six months later uh, finally went to panel. And, you know, people who weren't even in the room were just like, no, 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 no. Like, you guys don't understand. My sister's wife happens to be a lesbian. So nothing like this could ever happen at work. And we're just like, that That argument is complete nonsense and has no bearing on the situation. Like, that. that's not a defense. That manager wrote out a statement that they took the panel literally to that effect, and he named everybody in the room, everybody in the room that was in his statement, all signed off, you know, on the validity of the statement. And, uh, you know, it, you know it's, it's not that whether or not it happened, it's that it was inappropriate. And there was a precedent that was set, 
not only for other members of management, but for, you know, rank and file members as well, who are all in the room that this is appropriate behavior. It's okay to treat your coworkers like this. And there are no repercussions for using a slur. It went to panel and they got about two minutes into panel and the representatives for the company just like stared at everybody and were just like, how, how did you guys let this get this far? The, the, the whole course of the investigation that was conducted by my management team was to collect one statement in six months. And that statement was essentially a confession. And that's how they viewed it. And they just said, you know, there's literally no defending this. Like you guys screwed up. This ends here. You know, the lead for UPS at panel said, you know, I don't know that this has happened yet, but I would like to be the first person to tell you, I'm sorry, this should not have happened. This shouldn't have come this far. It shouldn't have taken this long for somebody to listen to you and hear what you were saying. And, you know, there were people who were very upset by that decision. Uh, There was, you know, three union reps, three UPS reps, and it was a five to one decision in favor of the driver. And after that, uh, when he had come back from uh, pre-panel, there was another person in the building who was a big part um, of our local uh, women's caucus. She wanted to start uh, an LGBTQ plus branch uh, out at 533, didn't have the time to devote to it. And she's like, hey, if you want to look into this, you know, I, you know, I'd be more than willing to support you, but I, I don't have the time to lead this group. And, uh, he, you know, consequently, you know, turned around, asked me, um, almost the same day. And, you know, I was back and forth about, you know, how involved I wanted to be in things. And I guess personally, I was, I was at the point where, you know, I stopped caring or like I stopped weighing like the social consequences of, you know, what I'm doing, at least when I understand that something is wrong. And, you know, there are dozens of people in our building uh, that we've been talking to who, you know, they have similar stories, they have daily issues, little things that keep cropping up from time to time. And, you know, so we, we just kind of both jumped in with both feet went to uh, one of our membership meetings, asked the executive board if we could start a local caucus, start a local group. And the first thing we asked was, hey, can we be in uh, Northern Nevada Pride? And, you know, it was an overwhelmingly positive response from our executive board, everybody at the local. And their, their first response was, what do you need from us? Like, what do you need from us to support you? What, like, what can we do? And it was, you know, a night and day difference um, between the union and the company, uh, you know, because the, uh, the only, the only real change there was at work, because, uh, you know, all this stuff happened, you know, people were disciplined and people had to, you know, go to sensitivity training and all this other stuff, but they're not allowed to talk about that. The, the only real change there was at the building uh, was they went around to like every entrance and I remember there were so many people who were so upset about it. Uh, every entrance on and off the property, in and out of the building, every 
stall door on every toilet. They put up one of their not in our house, you know, this is our zero tolerance policy posters. And that was it. And then they called it a day. And they're just like, yeah, like if you, you know, you have a problem, like go talk to your management team. You can always call this number. Uh, And for anybody listening who doesn't know, uh, UPS got rid of HR uh, a while ago. HR is now an app. And a lot of the responsibilities for human resources uh, fell on your, you know, on-road supervisors, your division managers, and no one really told them what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, half of them, when you go up to report an issue, they're just like, no, that's not an issue. Go back to work. So you, you almost have to use the 1-800 number, uh, which isn't much better because it literally only goes to the office of your, uh, like local or regional loss prevention officer. And they're the one who are, you know, supposed to conduct the investigation and like any HR investigation, it's literally only there to protect the company from a lawsuit. We kind of went from there and it was just, you know, we understood at that point, UPS wasn't going to change. Uh, not willingly, they never do. And we needed to have a support group together, um, you know, kind of show everybody that they're not alone in the workplace. Like you're not going through all of these, you know, it's not an isolated incident that you're going through. Um, You know, whether it's slurs, you're being misgendered, um, you know, there's a whole host of uh, things that happen here in Reno. And, you know, we need to make sure that at least for us, we're documenting everything that happens. So when it happens, you know, call the 1-800 number, file your grievance, run them both to see where they go because UPS is going to try and, you know, brush them off and pretend like they're not a huge deal. They're not a big thing. But if there's a paper trail at the end of the day, uh, you know, when we go into like contract negotiations, like we are now, we have, a much better, uh, I guess you would say, we have a much better case um, to make when we want to change language in the contract. Um, and so that's that's kind of been the, the basis of what we've been doing is, you know, trying to educate, um, trying to be visible. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, probably a dime a dozen, you know, the people who will tell you, um, one of the most basic things you can do to help somebody is to just be visible. Yeah, thanks so much for walking us through that. Um, you know, you, you started to touch on this a little bit, but I was wondering if you'd be comfortable kind of speaking to either your own experience or, or what you've heard um, from your fellow coworkers, fellow Teamsters, uh, about what, what it's like to be LGBTQ plus at, at, at UPS. Um, or frankly, uh, just as a worker in this country, where we're seeing beyond UPS, you know, increasingly these attacks on uh, LGBTQ plus rights. Uh, you know, we're seeing truly horrific laws being proposed and passed around the country that discriminate against trans people, children, uh, just across the board assault on human rights. Yep. So I uh, have a number of friends that, uh, you know, I've known for a few years and the problems they have aren't all that different from uh, the problems that are at UPS. I mean, it, it, it's kind of the same 
it feels like across the board, uh, which is basically hot garbage and a load of crap. You know, I had a friend who used to work uh, at, you know, one of the discount stores here in town, and she was constantly misgendered uh, by her manager. And, you know, it, it just got to the point where she was like, no, I have school on these days. I cannot come into work. And the manager was just like, well, you know, I need somebody, you know, to come in and unload the trailer on Wednesdays. And basically the justification she got from the manager for that was essentially, well, you know, it, it's because you're a boy and, you know, I need somebody strong who can, you know, unload the trailer. And that started a whole, whole fight. Um, you know, I guess that would be the, the one difference for her. Uh, it didn't really go anywhere because um, it's just, you know, you and a manager trying to settle your differences. And if, you know, your manager doesn't feel like they did anything wrong, they're basically just going to be like, no, that was my decision and it's final. You know, at least with a union, you can file a grievance and then there's a whole process and then you're going to have, you know, not just one person telling, you know, the manager, oh, no, you were in the wrong. You have like a whole army of people being like, like you screwed up. You cannot do this. Hopefully, you know, that's the, that's the best, uh, best case scenario. Um, sometimes the company just digs in and you have a whole army full of people uh, like we did going, oh, no, 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 no. It's completely okay to use, you know, slurs when those people aren't around. Like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean what you think it means, which that blew my mind. That was the, that sentence was literally the entire case of pre-panel. You know, that, that slur doesn't mean what you think it means. UPS blows my mind because they're kind of, uh, they're very unique in the way that they operate. Um, all the political work that I've been doing, I got to go around to all the different shops in my local and talk with everybody. I got to go look at a you know, a bunch of different contracts and stuff. It, it blew my mind that, you know, half of these contracts, you know, they, they all have the, you know, the same, the same, you know, mentality uh, as the workers at UPS, which is half the problem, management's the other half. Um, and, you know, these contracts are 20 pages long. And the language for your grievance procedure, for your, you know, anti-harassment procedure, you know, it's like three paragraphs. And people are just like, well, what do you mean? I was like, at UPS, it's like, eight pages, you know, like the national master agreement is, you know, like a hundred and something. I don't know. I just, I was just looking at it the other day, you know, I was like, it's a, you know, a hundred and something pages and our supplemental just for uh, the NorCal region is like 50 pages. When I worked out at the gold mines, you know, there was a saying, cause they had a MSHA, which was a mining safety health association organization. It was a federal program aimed specifically at the mining industry in America and all of their regulations that they have are literally regulations because somebody died. Standing out in a field in the middle of nowhere, you still have to wear, uh, you know, your reflective vest, your eye protection, your steel toe boots, and your hard hat. Because a long time ago, some guy standing out in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere, like a half mile from the mine, got hit in the head with a rock when they were blasting over in the pit. And he wasn't wearing his helmet and had to go to the hospital. And so, you know, UPS is kind of the same way. You know, almost everything that's in that contract is there for a reason. You know, a lot of people don't understand, you know, like your basic Weingarten rights to have a union steward present whenever you feel a conversation with management could lead to discipline. Um, that's almost verbatim rewritten in the UPS contract. From what I've been told, it's... Uh, the language is substantially better uh, than what your federal rights are, but it's there for a reason. Um, and, you know, 
kind of looking at the contract, looking at UPS, they find new and unique ways every day to play with the rules to see uh, how far the rules actually apply to them. And, you know, it just seems more and more, you know, that being a member of the LGBTQ plus community at UPS or, you know, kind of any workplace in general is just a source of antagonism, you know. I think it was the end of last year. They're like, get ready because like the floodgates are about to open because we don't want to talk about the things that are wrong in this country and we need new platforms for people to run on. And there's going to be a whole load of crap coming down the mountain, a whole bunch of political noise so that we can figure out what all of the 2024 election platforms are going to be around the country. And, you know, I've kind of been telling everybody, you know, as it, you know, it keeps happening and, you know, all these laws keep getting signed. Um, You know, thankfully, uh, almost every single one of them that's been signed has been appealed and has an injunction right now. You know, it's, it's, it's political noise. It's a load of crap. It's despicable. It's coming at our expense and has the potential to do very real, very severe harm to people in this country who literally done nothing wrong. Um, and, you know, that was kind of been, you know, also the, the thing on my back burner um, kind of pushing me uh, that we're, you know, we're at a very unique place uh, with the Teamsters Union right now. Uh, we just had new leadership step in. They've been 100% behind everything that we've tried to do. Um, you know, starting with Sean O'Brien, uh, all the way down um, through, you know, the Western region where I am, um, you know, all the way down to 399, our uh, Western, uh, what is it, Western region vice president, um, you know, went out and marched in the parade with us in LA. And she was just like, let me know what you guys need. We had the, you know, director from the national HRDC uh, was also there marching with us in the parade which is the uh, Human Rights and Diversity, I believe, Commission or Committee. Uh, They basically oversee uh, all the caucuses that the Teamsters have. And, you know, he showed up the day before when we were having an event to put the float together and basically told everybody, you know, you guys were sold a lie in the past. You know, you were told that you're, you know, you're seen and you're respected by this union. He's like, and having been, you know, part of this, I can tell you that, that wasn't the truth. And that changes now. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, every, whatever we ask him for, you know, he's more than happy to uh, oblige. And we asked, uh, you know, that the IBT formally recognize, uh, you know, the trans day of visibility. And, you know, that was about a month ago now. Um, you know, and emails went out, texts went out. All the social media, the month of June this year was formally recognized by the IBT, uh, you know, as Teamster Pride Month, Um, you know, and literally all we had to do was ask um, because they, they understand these are issues, even if they're, if, even if they're not familiar with it themselves, uh, that deeply affect our membership and they're things that we have to take seriously. And they started campaigning to run their slate have been, you know, letting us know, like, you know, if it comes to pass, we're going to be behind you guys. Like whatever you need to do, uh, whatever you guys are going to do for members, we're going to be behind you. We're going to help make sure that it happens. 
you know, that's kind of the the one the one bright point, um, you know, because that's that's what we're working with. Where you know, it's a unique position to be in to have that much support to get things done, and there is you know a massive need right now for that support, not just you know in the the union or at UPS, but you know across the country right now. And uh, you know, we've been fortunate enough, you know, to be part of the Teamsters, you know, who have literally from their inception been about equality and you know just trying to pick that torch up and keep on running with it yeah it seems like a really unique moment uh of possibility and speaking of that you know just in closing as far as the what the caucus wanted in the ups contract can you just explain uh, what what you guys were pushing for what you guys may get um and then what's on the docket uh, at UPS or, or just generally in the Teamsters uh, for the caucus? Uh, so with uh, the contract that we're negotiating right now, um, at least for me, I asked for everything. Uh, you know, I asked for, um, you know, there's Article 37, which covers discrimination uh, based on the laundry list of things uh, that, you know, Federally, you're not allowed, you know, to discriminate against, you know, uh, age, race, religion, country of origin, um, gender, stuff like that. And I wanted them to change Article 37 uh, to specifically remove a few items and put them in a much more severe higher tier. So when, you know, it's some sort of discrimination that is, you know, based on, you know, your sex, your sexual orientation, uh, your gender identity, your race or your religion, uh, there are immediate consequences and things like you're not going to go to panel. You're not going to go to the West. You're not going to go to national to get these uh, resolved. Like it gets resolved in the building right now, or at the very least it gets resolved by the time it gets to panel. Um, You know, and Talking to a few people, uh, you know, my business agents, a couple other people, uh, you know, like what would make a effective language? Um, you know, they're like more more than language. The thing you have to understand is if there is no consequence, UPS does not care. They'll let you file crap until you know the cows come home. Uh, and so, you know, I I thought it was kind of crass, um, but I threw in you know a monetary penalty just because. They're like, that will immediately catch their attention. As far as I know, you know, that, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, pie in the sky um, dream to get something like that in a contract. I know, you know, just working through the caucus, we have a couple of committees, uh, you know, we have a transgender action committee and, you know, they were asking about stuff because all of them had put in uh, proposals. You know, we had tens of thousands of proposals that went in almost Every single proposal we're negotiating right now came from members in some way or another. From what we were told, almost all of the non-economic proposals, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, they added in, in Article 37, the terms sexual orientation, gender, and any other class protected by law. It's basic. It kind of gets the job done. Uh, you know, I preferred to see things like perceived sexual orientation or gender identity just because there's you know still a fair level of harassment that comes down from people especially if you know they they don't you know quote unquote understand 
how you present. You know, what we got, what we got was a little basic. Uh, when I was talking with a few people about it, you know, they told me the the most important thing is you want your language in the contract to be concise, but also have gray area. Because if it's if it's black and white, they just make the case. Well, this wasn't specifically mentioned, and this was an overly specific, you know, article. So this obviously doesn't apply. You know, you want you want the intent to come across, which you know, if I had to grade it, I'd yeah, you know, I'd give it like a B plus. Um, it, it, it does the job. If your you know state decides to pass some laws that you know are either in direct violation of federal law or just you know kind of crappy, you still have sexual orientation and gender are specifically separate. So, you know, I, 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 I you know, want to say it's a win. You know, was it what I was hoping for? No, I was just kind of hoping for more. And part of that, you know, I kind of feel comes from, uh, you know, the negotiating committee not necessarily understanding um, some of the issues that we're having, which is, you know, kind of the, the flip side to that, you know, not just, you know, educating, you know, management, uh, educating our members, but, you know, also educating our union about what things are important and why they're important. Um, that's kind of a little bit of the focus, you know, we're going to have our national conference in November in Washington, DC. Uh, and, you know, everybody's going to have, you know, some, some talking points, uh, some presentations kind of to go over stuff like that. Cause that's one of our you know, I guess in a, in a broader sense, one of the bigger pushes uh, that the caucus is working on um, that's uh, under my committee. We're looking at getting, you know, boilerplate language that the Teamsters can tuck away in their vault. So literally any contract Teamsters negotiate from now on, you can literally just go to the vault, grab that entire article and slot it into your contract. You know, we've got to sit down and talk with a bunch of people about, you know, what that effective language looks like, uh, what's the best way to implement it. And, you know, at the end of the day, when pen meets paper, what is the actual language that we're, you know, we're going to commit to paper. That's our main focus. UPS is kind of uh, the test program um, in a couple ways just to see what we could get in. Cause I know, you know, I talked to quite a few people, um, who were on the national negotiating committee about it. And they were, you know, very positive about it and said, yeah, like things will change because they have to. And, you know, the, the contracts that we have, uh, the direction, especially now, uh, more so than, you know, five years ago that Teamsters are moving uh, is a reflection of its membership. Now it's, it's, it's been a process hoping for more. We're hoping, you know, to get a lot more input from people pushing, you know, as hard as we can to make this, you know, a, a fully national caucus to, you know, get people from all 50 states. And depending on how this conference goes, how, you know, how successful we are bringing people in, we're looking at making that a national uh, yearly thing as well, uh, recurring to actually just have, you know, like a queer labor conference that actually goes and uh, lobbies Congress. Uh, at the end of every year. Uh, so that's, that's our, you know, kind of our, our big push. Um, the contract is one end of it. And I, you know, it's, it's not what I wanted, but it's progress. Um, there's, you know, certainly more progress to be made. And our end goal is to just have all that language all wrapped up, prepackaged, ready to go. And, you know, when, you know, 
you unionize your workplace and you know you guys unionize with the teamsters or something you can just be like i want that because i know that protects me you know and i i don't get that from the company i don't get that from state law like that's going to be the thing that you know makes me feel safe and seen you know and appreciated at work well i think i could speak for many listeners to say we're excited to see where the caucus goes and what it can do to protect workers uh, not just in ups but across the teamsters union and hopefully inspire other union activists and other unions and, and, and beyond. So Andrew Rivas, we're going to put some of those, uh, we're going to put some resources in the description, but thanks for joining me on the Upsurge. Oh, thanks for having me. You just listened to an exclusive bonus episode of The Upsurge. The Upsurge is produced in partnership with In These Times and The Real News Network. Both are nonprofit media organizations that cover the labor movement closely. Check them out at InTheseTimes.com and TheRealNews.com, where you can also find an archive of all our past episodes. If you're listening but are not yet our supporter on Patreon, please, if you like the show, if you want to keep it going, head over to Patreon.com slash UpsurgePod and become a patron today. The link is in the description. We are trying to get to 100 100 monthly supporters by July. We only have a few days left, so please help us out. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Upsurge Pod, Facebook The Upsurge, and you can also find us on YouTube, The Upsurge. Go spread it far and wide. Leave us ratings, likes, comments, all the good stuff. Thanks so much to our patrons who are keeping the show going. The podcast was edited by myself. It was produced by NYGP and Ruby Walsh. Music is by Casey Gallagher. The cover art was done by Devil and Clara Resitar. I'm Teddy Ostro. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.